You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. Text us 865-658-5824. I swear, we're going to start recording the pre-show conversations, and we're going to release that in documentary form later. <laughs> Jacob shaking his head. No, no we're not. <laughs> I That's it. it. I, I'm done. Bye. <laughs> how you boys doing this morning we got tim here uh, live in green bay we got jacob there on the uh on the wisconsin minnesota border hey, what's going on this morning fellas tired, <laughs> tired. You, gotta get that, you gotta get that uh that pta cup of diesel going oh, right look there. at that cup right there you kidding me Man, I'm I'm in mine's in the mail yeah yours is uh on its way right yep this delivery go. guy is gonna show up like this Love to see it. Look at this right here. We got us a co-host today. Look at little Miss Ed over here. Let me let me give her the ISO cam real quick. You ready? Check oh. her out. She's just like, I dare one of these neighbors to go out and check that mail today. <laughs> just let them. I'll let them. I'll let them have it. You know, I'll let you know if anybody's out here. So there's uh there's Miss Ed. Now her brother, he's probably over there across the room. Of course, he's over there. Uh, I'm sure he's digging in the plants. Mandy's got two lemon trees up here in the studio. She's got some kind of exotic plant in a big bowl. And we come up here about twice a week and there's dirt scattered everywhere where Link gets in there and just digs them out. So that's that's probably what he's doing at the moment. Either that or laying on the couch chewing on a pillow. But nonetheless, I'm excited to be here this Sunday morning. Uh, I, I tell you, people had to remind me what day it was yesterday. Everything was kind of a blur. But uh, glad to be here. Glad to be talking a little combine talk. We'll get into some other Packers stuff. We'll hear from Goody. I've, I'm finally going to force us to play that video that we've had in the in the hopper for about four days now. <laughs> and also wanted to take a glance at the 33rd team <clears throat> big board. I don't think their big board has changed at all, guys. But I like to look at it now after some of these uh, combine numbers come in. You know what I mean? And kind of see – because, like, they had Jeremiah Trotter Jr. way down, right? And we were like, wow, that's really low for Trotter Jr. Um, and then, of course, he doesn't perform at the combine. He did measure in. His, he measured in, you know, pretty small. It's like, okay, maybe they were onto something there. That's typically how it happens with the 33rd team. It's ran by ex- former executives, former coaches, all that good stuff. So – Man, I love those cheese. And our Milwaukee listeners, it's uh, they're conveniently located downtown. I believe on Broadway, downtown Milwaukee. Broadway and Mason on the corner. So check out the Ticket King for sure. Yeah, no doubt. All right, cool. Jacob, you got anything you want to kick off with, man? Um, anything that you might have slept on last night, woke up and said, hey, I'd like to chat about that. If not, it's totally cool. We could jump into some of this other stuff. Um, I mean, not <clears throat> nothing that I was really thinking about. Um. There was a couple things, I guess, yesterday that I was still – I mean, that Xavier Worthy thing, I just to me is crazy that he could – it was a guy that I literally didn't – I didn't know his name. Mm-hmm. And now they're talking about how he could be a first or second-round draft pick. So there are certain extremes, like we talked about, 
how you either are really going to help yourself, really going to hurt yourself, or it's just going to be kind of a nothing burger. And that is a, a, a case where that dude just catapulted himself. He made himself a lot of money yesterday. So if you see here on the uh, 33rd team uh, horizontal board, they had him in the 6.4 range. So just to put that in perspective, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten receivers ahead of him. Now he's probably going to, He'll probably skyrocket to the top of this this area right here. I would imagine it's it's that important. The speed is, um, but at the same time, I, I'm I'm not changing a thing on my board other than the normal bonuses that I give. I told you guys how I kind of do that. You know the way I way I roll with that is if you have if you have a great combine, you're going to get rewarded for it. But if you have a bad combine, I'm not going to penalize. Right that way, you got guys. What do we? The reason I did it that way. Former execs, former coaches, what do they say? And even scouts, mainly scouts. The numbers at the combine, the combine, the pro days, they use that to confirm what they've seen on tape, okay? So if you've got a player like that that, hey, his tape look good, wow, that confirms what we've seen there. He's got that kind of athletic ability, awesome. Notice they didn't say we don't we, – we use that to knock people off our boards, right? And, and it doesn't mean that – you know, if you've got two players at, at the same position that are grading out similarly, let's say they're in that seven plus, or let's say they're in like the 6.5 category, both are best players available, and you've got really good combine numbers on one and not so great combine numbers on the other, they still graded out the same. You're going with that one with a better combine number. So it is important. It's just some people completely shuffle their board around, and I just don't like to approach it like that. So uh, uh, Peter Stone in the chat says, according to Jake, he says he is a good wide receiver. I know when I had him on my board, um, I showed you guys. I'm trying to think of where I had him. Um, the consensus big board had him in the 40s, right, so just outside of the first round. So I think it does catapult him into the first round. Let's see if we could find him here on my board. And it's kind of hard to read. I'm going to turn my camera off and get really close. I'll, I'll tell you guys what number when I find it. And again, that is, uh, what was his name again? Jacob, his whole name? Xavier Worthy. Xavier Worthy. Okay, so he's not in Who? <laughs> he's not in my top 50. Let's see if we can find him here as we climb down the list. We're on uh, 50 through 100 now. Um, if you see him too, call it out, Jacob. It's kind of hard to see. Um, we're zooming in here. Let's see. Top one. Now, now we're going 100 to 150. Oh, right there. He's at yeah. one, uh, 109. Yep. I've got him at 109. And to kind of put that into perspective, if you go over to the middle orange column, see how it says 117.7, right? So that was his grade. He's going to get five point a five-point bonus. So that pushes him to 112.7. So really, it would just have him leapfrog one guy on the board for me. See how there's not a huge change, but also it's a quick reference when the draft's going on and I've got this this vertical board, I can look and go, yep, crush the combine. In some cases too, I look up and go, man, he crushed the combine, but you know, he didn't do anything else. Don't fall in love with him because of the combine. Some people will literally build their board off the combine. Um, <laughs> and, you know, do you, do your thing. That's just, uh, it's not, that's not me. Like, let me give you an example. Rome Adunzi here. Um, he was sitting at uh, 12.7. He was in the number eight spot. He gets his bonus. That jumps him now to 7.7. So he's going to climb a full spot unless Fuaga gets the same five-point bonus, and then it'll stabilize out, right? So you can just see how far he jumped there on my board. It's significant having that information there for sure. So, um, And the way we do that is a, a nine-plus RAS is a five-point bonus, a uh, eight 
plus or, uh, or an eight to nine, eight to eight point nine RAS is a three point bonus, and then a seven RAS is a one point bonus. So that's just kind of how I throw that in there. Um, before we get too deep into the horizontal board we just pulled up, we'll we'll dive into it again. You guys keep an eye on the chat for me. Let's play this video from Goot real quick. This was Larry McCarran interviewing Brian Gutekunst at the Combine uh, a few days ago. And let's see if we can get a little insight into what maybe Goot's thinking this draft. Brian, the football mentality is always to get a little better every day, to always be improving. But how will you and your staff top last year? The amount of impact players you got out of that group, amazing. Yeah, I think, you know, two things. One, there was opportunity for them, right? Maybe there wouldn't have been in the past. And I think you get to give those guys a lot of credit. They really seize their opportunity, not only individually, but as a team. Uh, and they really came together. Um, it was neat to see. Uh, I think the key for us is to never get away from the competition fact that we want to make sure that um, you know, the players we acquired last year and the year before, they've done a really nice job. But um, it's really what you do from here. And we're going to bring in some guys to compete. Um, and hopefully that healthy competition within each room uh, will grow into really good units that eventually make us a really good team. Brian, this draft class, what's its personality? Where is it strong? Where is it not so strong? The receiver group is strong again, which I think you're going to start to see more and more just with uh, the 7-on-7 seven seven and how much these guys play now. But the overall depth is good, and I think we'll certainly have an opportunity to help the Green Bay Packers. Five picks in the first 100. What does that allow you to do? Get good players, right? I mean, obviously, that's what we're here for. But I also think it gives a little bit of flexibility, um, whether it's moving around within the draft or if there's players out there, veteran players that um, you know are available, that certainly could be a possibility as well. So uh, you'd never have enough, and you want them as high as they can be. But um, I think we're... Um, with some of the things we've done in the past, we've set ourselves up to have some flexibility and ammunition as we go into this draft. Considering how strong you are with young receivers, would that preclude you from selecting one? No, not at all. And it goes back to the competition like uh, in every room. I think all those players did a really nice job in 2023 of competing and taking uh, advantage of their opportunities. But 2024 is a new year. And um, they're going to need to do the same thing again and again. And uh, we're going to bring players in that will compete with them. Uh, it is a strong room as we, we sit here today, which is exciting. Um, but what they do from now until the, in the middle of next season will determine uh, that. So uh, if we find the right players that we think can compete and, and add to our team, we'll certainly do it. How different is this draft, your preparation for it and so forth, from last year in the sense you now know you got the guy? at the most important position, <laughs> Jordan Love. You- hey, just quick, Jacob, look at that pinky right there, big dog. Oh, good Lord. I right, just want to make sure. know it. You yeah. saw it. Yeah. I think, you know, certainly we felt it last year, and, and our mindset as we built the team was going to be in the same way. Um, but, again, so proud of Jordan and, and what he accomplished last year individually and how he led our football team. Um, he's got so much more in front of him uh, for growth, just like a lot of our young players do. But I do think the stability at that position certainly gives us confidence uh, as we head into this season. He went through a nine-game stretch with 21 touchdown passes and one interception. Now, I've heard you say previously there's more there. Where? I mean, how does that young fella get better? I look at the 21 to 1. Yeah, you saw it in last season. I think as he saw things for the first time, as he experienced things for the first time, when he got to him the second time, you know, it became calmer, it became cleaner. 
Um, you know, I think as Matt learned him and, and how and to set things best up for him, I think that'll continue to grow. And um, you know, people are going to attack him differently, and he's going to have to deal with those challenges. But I think as he grows and he has the kind of the, the foundational things that he's built, um, I think he'll be able to handle those challenges because they're all going to be unique. And um, but I think having that confidence that I, you know, if you put in the work and you stay to the process, believe in team, that we'll get to the other side of it. We drafted a wide receiver. Yeah, he's gonna. Do it. Thank you, Jacob. Like you think, you think I, my is? thoughts exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh man, we're taking we're taking a receiver in the fifth round. <laughs> yep. I'm saying it would be a goody thing to the the one year. This is the fir- very first year. Me as a Packer fan, since I cannot tell you, I really can't think of the last year where there weren't people going. Packers have got to go with the first round or wide receiver in the first round. The first year that they don't talk about it, watch him do it. I would laugh <laughs> hysterically. And uh, that's kind of the conversation here in the chat. I know most Packer fans disagree. SDM40 says, I know competition is a thing and injuries may happen, but if you add a wide receiver, you have to cut a wide receiver. And then Peter Stone said, uh, yeah, agreed, SDM40. I don't think we need to draft a wide receiver either. I'm on that. I'm in that same boat. I think the wide receiver room is set. With that being said, this is the year that Goody will take a wide receiver. <laughs> but, this is why uh, we're not NFL GMs. Exactly correct. <laughs> that's right. It's true. I it's mean, the true. same logic has to apply, just like quarterback, right? When you don't yeah. need one, that's the best time to take one. Um, yeah. You've got a young receiver room uh, with a lot of talent. Why not add a little more competition in there, you know? Yeah. So. Definitely. And and think about this, too, what what we talked about, Bill Walsh 101, wide receiver is the last piece you put in place. Going in up to – leading up to last year, why haven't we drafted a wide receiver in the first round? Why didn't we do it? Because we didn't have everything else in place. Now you look up and what do you do? You go – I mean, we were were literally a top-five team at the end of the season, right? I think everybody would agree with – now, will we start that way? That's a a whole other topic, right? Yep. Um, no, especially with Matt LaFleur's track record of kind of getting started slow. But, uh, yeah, so it, you, you could you could really look up and go, you know what, guys? Like, yeah, yeah, we need a safety. We need this and that. But this team is top five. No one's going to convince me that our safety room was a reason that we played so well last year, right? Like, right. It, you know, they made some plays in the playoffs, obviously, there in the Dallas game. But if, someone's, if someone told me, hey – you don't get that pick six against Dallas. Do you still win that game? I feel real comfortable saying, yeah, because the offense was just freaking on fire. Right. So I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. So, Jacob, you, you really think you're going to take a wide receiver, man? Um, <clears throat> I would almost bet on it. I don't know. Just the way that he, I mean, he, he went out of his way to, he asked, you know, which, which uh, position group is deep in this draft. And he's like, wide receivers. And they're like, well, so because well, we were pretty stacked at wide receiver, does that mean you wouldn't draft one? No, not at all. You know what I mean? Like he was just so blunt about it. And then he went on to say that he wants to add more competition and that he doesn't want guys getting, you know, I'm putting words in his mouth, but it sounds like he's like, I don't, you know, <laughs> last year was great. These guys have had a lot of fire up their ass and up their butt. Sorry. <clears throat> and, um, good, man, you're good. And then that, that this year he wants that exact same dynamic. So it, it would make sense to me. And like we talked about last night, you know, he may want Grant to Bose, but I think that if anything, he's, He's going to want to challenge Grant DeBose to see if that position can get improved as well, as well as the practice squad. Uh, And then who knows? I can see Goody putting us in positions so that in like a year or two, when we actually have to start paying, you know, all these guys at once. Sorry, but it's it's it may suck, but one of them's probably going to be used as trade bait. 
You know what I mean? If he's smart, he's probably going to use one of them, deal him away, get some money back. So, yeah. William Gould in the chat says, we still don't have everything else in place. It's a good point, William. Like, like you say, you know, the safety room is bare right now. But if he goes out in free agency and let's say that he does sign one or two safeties and go, okay, there's your starting safeties. Now you just need to draft, draft a little bit of depth. You know, what, what other position do you need right now? Right. That's the thing. Like when you look up, you go, okay, you look at the linebacker room. We, we talk about linebacker. We talk about corner. We talk about safety. For me, the two biggest needs are corner and safety. If you, if you told me, if you, if you made me answer a question, which position group is stronger, your linebacker core or your safety core, hands down it's your linebacker core. If you ask me which one's stronger, your cornerback or your linebacker core, that's a little bit closer conversation. But other than Jair, who do you have? You've got two players that graded out in the 50s, right? You've got uh, – and, and look at their passer rate and when targeted, too. It was not pretty. It wasn't just the PFF grade. You look at the tape, you see the blown coverages. You see, you know, all those things happening. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just interesting, man, because uh, I don't know if Goody will ever take a wide receiver in the first round. I'm just saying it would be absolutely hilarious if he did it this year because our wide receiver room seems like it's set for the foreseeable future, no doubt about it. Uh, I would agree. And that, that's why when I look at offensively, you know, you make a great point where you, where you just talk about safety and linebacker, right? Okay. Well, clearly the linebacker room is the strength there comparatively. Mm-hmm. Well, if I look at offense, you know, we're, we're straight with receivers right now. Um, but mm-hmm. man, interior offensive line is a concern. Um, yeah. And, you know, as well as tackle, we talk about bringing in, you know, a swing tackle at the very least. Um, and I, I really think that that should happen before we, you know, trade up for Marvin Harrison Jr. or something, you know, so <laughs> right. I, 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 yeah. I, I don't know, but talk, talk about making the, the receiver competition interesting, right? Yeah. <laughs> and imagine if, if Bach actually retires, that shifts the whole, like that, that to me, that would shift the whole perspective of our draft. Like we might yep. have to go and tackle in the first one or two rounds. I'm telling Absolutely. you, man, as soon as you said, imagine if Bach, if, uh, you said, imagine if Baca retires. I heard a – he just shifted. She was like – I. she was facing me, and she just shifted over like, I ain't trying to hear this. She was like uh... – you sure about that? <laughs> exactly. Exactly correct. Um, so, Peter Stone says, uh, yes, agreed. We need to get our defense and offensive line in order first. You know, when it comes to the old line – it's it's funny about Rasheed Walker because there's no one who's kind of middle ground. They either think he is the starting left tackle of the future, or they talk about our offensive line being kind of kind of wrecked. Right? When I look at our offensive line, I think they're built exactly how the Packers wanted them built. They're a really good pass blocking offensive line. You know, Jordan Love was in the top ten all season long in quarterbacks who were pressured the least. The first half of the season when he played bad they were actually in the top three, right? So they were the third least pressured uh, team quarterback in the league for the first half of the season for the most part. And and then as, as soon as the pressure started hitting home a little bit there in the second half, he started balling out. It's like, hey, for, forget keeping that tight end in from here on out. Forget the chips. Let him rush him because he plays better when he's under pressure. It's pretty cool. It sure. really is. Put it didn't run the ball very much early in the season, though as effectively as we did down the stretch. I think that kind of opened things up too for us. Um, But yeah, you're right, man. The pass pro is there and that's, 
that's by design for sure. And I think that's their attitude, right? Let's yeah. get, let's protect our franchise quarterback and then we'll, we'll work with these guys and get them to run block here. And, uh, you know, having a veteran back like Aaron Jones is, uh, priceless too in that, in that scenario. So we'll yeah. see what happens this year, but, uh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta beef up O-line a little bit, a <laughs> little bit. Right it. guard is a concern, right guys? You, if you get a stud right guard plugged in there with the way this offensive line is set right now, pass blocking and and Zach or uh, what, what's his name? Not Zach Martin, uh, the Zach Barton Martin. guy. What's his name? Um, uh, Greg, Greg, or Greg Barton. <laughs> we're just throwing names out now. Anyway, from Barton Duke. from Duke. Duke. They interviewed him yesterday, and they were talking to him, and he said, "I feel," he said, "I feel like I'm ready to play all five positions." I was going, "Boy, oh boy, 25th pick, I'd be okay with this right here." Because you can see here, I'll go solo real quick just to kind of show you, and we'll, we'll talk about this stuff as we uh, as we get a little deeper here in the conversation. We'll just keep pulling this up. But you see um, – uh, let's see, where was he at? I've already lost him. Here we go. They've got him listed as a guard slash center. Some people say he can play left tackle. That's obviously what he was referring to. But he's in the 6.6 .6 range. So to, to put that into consider – to put that into perspective, right, you got Joe Walt, Latham, Fashanu, Fuaga, Guyton, uh, Fontana, Powers Johnson, and then it comes down to Barton. Last night we drafted Mims. You guys remember Barton was available too. Well, according to the 33rd team, they're grading out the same, right? Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's 100% the case. Let me go back to my board real quick and see if we can find Barton on it. And uh, let's see here. If you'll pull that down just a second, Jacob, but don't lose it because I want to hit on that for sure. I want to hit on that comment there. Um, let's see here. Barton, Barton, Barton. Where's he at on my list here? Thank you. I appreciate it. Just want to make sure I don't miss him here. He would definitely be – I'm pretty sure he's lit up in the blue. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's listed as a tackle on mine. There's so many people that have kind of shifted him around a bit. He might be in the green. Um, let's see here. Because I thought I was pretty high on him, if I remember correctly. You see Barton anywhere? Where is he at? Is he really down to the, the 100 range? Holy cow, if he is. That's pretty wild. Uh, I don't even see him. Might be covered up by the ticker, too. What's that be the case? Let's see here. Barton, Barton, Barton. Not seeing him. I know he's on there. This is why you don't ask yourself a question. Graham Barton, 23rd. 23rd. Okay, cool. So he's in the 23. So I do have him listed as a tackle. That's why I was missing. All right, cool. So we have him at 23, right? And the other was Mims, right? Mims is right above him at 22. You see where they rank on mine. They're right there together. My board's lining up really, really closely to the 33rd teams, which is kind of cool. The thing about Graham Barton, that first number you're seeing, that's from 2022. So he was the seventh best um, tackle, I believe is how it was sorted. He was the seventh best highest graded tackle according to PFF in 2022. So and then he was 68 on the overall list, right? And, uh, yeah, I think uh, – I don't think Daniel Jeremiah – yeah, Daniel Jeremiah, it looks like Daniel Jeremiah has him 33rd on his top 52. So um, interesting there. We'll see how that all shakes out. You can pull that other comment up now, Jacob. And we'll hit on it real quick if you still have it marked. Brett Rogers says next year's draft has a way better safety class, and this year's free agency has decent depth. Um, thoughts on Goot signing multiple free agents and maybe just uh, one via draft? I think that's very realistic. Um, Jacob, I know we've looked at this over and over and over. You know, the free agents that we come up with, everything you just said, Brett, lines up exactly with the information that we gathered too. We feel like there's a few options. At safety in free agency, we said Geno Stone from Baltimore. We said Alohi Gilman from the LA Chargers. We said Darnell Savage for the right price, right? Five million. Another one is Xavier McKinney. 
that became available now, right? He's at 12 and a half million. That's going to be a little bit tougher, but I would much rather them sign both Geno Stone and Aloe Gilman rather than sign Xavier McKinney, although I wouldn't be upset if they did sign Xavier McKinney. If you can go out and get you a potential starting safety and free agency and then somehow, some way grab Newbin or maybe uh, 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 Jacob's guy there, what's his name again, Javon Bullard, is that right? Yep. yep. Um, I would feel a lot better about that safety room, no doubt about it. But, uh, yeah, what do you think about that, Jacob? Do you feel like uh, as far as uh, the safety class? Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's it's a little top-heavy, and I'm expecting Kenshin's to drop here on the 33rd team. I could be wrong. They may just, you know, hold strong and keep him at 6.7. But uh, after that showing at the combine, most people will look at that and go, yeah, okay, he doesn't have quite the measurables we want in a 6.7 range. And when you look at those ranges that we talk about, grading scale, that 6.7 to 6.9 is supposed to be a strong starter. So – um, not not sure that we're sold on that after the combine. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for I think sure that I would try to do something in free agency just to maybe have that floor. Um, I'd like to see Geno Stone come in here. That'd be great. Honestly, if we could get Kevin Byard for less than it feels around eight or nine million a year, I'd be willing to maybe shell out some money for that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, realistically, I think that um, I would love to get Geno Stone in here and then maybe take at least a stab or two in the draft, that safety. Um, and then maybe get a guy like uh, supposedly Bullard can play that slot corner. And a lot of those safeties uh, can, or have a little bit of that um, fluidity that they can move from a couple different positions. I think that would be the best thing overall is if we had some people that were interchangeable a little bit. Yeah. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, of course, uh, hopefully we get your boy Newbin. And, hello, uh, Newbin. Hello, Newbin. Um, but yeah, I I think safety is. Um, I mean, because you've got you got Anthony Johnson Jr. standing on an island right now by himself, and he he's a guy that uh, didn't didn't play very well his rookie year, um, but was kind of unexpectedly thrown into the fire early on, and um, you know I think there's nowhere for him to go but up, and having some good talent back there mixed in is going to help. Um, a younger guy like that. So, you know, we, it's a two pronged approach, man. We got to, I think we got to do both. We got to draft a couple and we got to, we got to hit on at least one of these in free agency for sure. Yeah. And uh, SDM 40 said, I hope we hit safety in free agency early and often. I'm starting to be irritated that we have to be locked in at drafting a safety in the second. I uh, want to keep our options open with regard to uh, best player available at 41 and 58. That's a very good point too, man. Very good point. And with our latest mock that we did last night, um, I'll flash it up here real quick. This is how it unloaded for us. You know, we went with Mims. Would have been totally cool going with Barton, like we said. Um, I think Mims was slightly rated higher on the consensus big board. Uh, but we went with Tyler Newbin at 41. That's exactly what he was just talking about. And then we went back at 88 and got Javon Bullard. So imagine if we don't take Newbin at 41, right, because you landed, you know, one or two free agents and you're feeling a little bit better about the safety room. I would be totally cool with, you know, having a, a Geno Stone or a Lohi Gilman or both on the roster. And then you don't take Tyler Newbin, but you still grab Javon Bullard later, someone you can mix into the slot. I would be cool with that combination too. So I think I think you make a great point there, man. Um, since we're kind of talking about DBs, Jacob sent me a video yesterday. It was kind of cool. Uh, this is Elijah Jones, Boston College DB at the Combine, and he was asked about Jeff Halfley because I think there was a Packers media member in the crowd, and they just wanted to kind of get his take on Jeff Halfley. Let's see what one of his pupils had to say. We've heard Richard Sherman talk about him. 
we've heard multiple players talk about him. We've heard other coaches talk about him, how he's so he's so keyed in on the details. He's a teacher. He's just kind of this this I don't want to say schemer, but he 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 communicates really, really well the basics of the game. And and when you're able to communicate the basics of the game to the players and they get it, they actually get it. It allows them to play faster on the field. That's really what it comes down to. But let's see what Elijah Jones had to say about uh, about Jeff Halfley, the Green Bay Packers' new defensive coordinator. No, it's just protocol within sure. the combine. Okay, cool. Um, from Wisconsin, so I want to know a little about Jeff Halfley. Sure. Um, give me a sense of who he was as a coach, how he helped you specifically, the defensive back specifically. You know, um, I love Coach Half, man. I mean, great football mind. Uh, biggest thing I think that he helped change my game was just how I learned about football. Um, it's not just, you know, going out there and just playing the game. It's more about understanding your opponent, understanding how you're going to get attacked. Um, and he was just a great teacher, you know, um, as a head coach, especially as a DB guy, defensive guy, he could have just, you know, manhandled and micromanaged the defense, but he let his coaches coach what I loved as well. Um, he just instilled the utmost confidence within you playing against whoever. It wasn't like, oh, we're playing Florida State, we gotta be scared of Florida State. It's like nameless great faces. So go out there, whoever it is, it's always about us. What was your reaction when you found out he was headed to the NFL? <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of saw it coming a little bit with the way that college football is going nowadays. Um, I feel like that's one of the reasons, you know, Nick Saban left and a lot of these other coaches are kind of leaving. But um, I'm excited for him. It was a great opportunity. I feel like he always, you know, wanted to kind of be in the NFL again. And I feel like that's a great opportunity for him with a great team. How do you feel like he prepared you specifically? Like. How did it get you up to speed to the point that you're here? Oh, uh, definitely. I feel like I'm the smartest DB in the draft here. Um, anytime I go on the board, I control all 11, and he kind of really instilled that within us. It's not just learning your position. It's about learning how, one, where your help is, two, kind of why things happen and not just how things happen. So there you go. That like was uh, Joey Joey uh, Van Zimmeren. Um, you guys remember underage Packers pod, Big B and Joey. Oh, was it really? Yeah, that's uh, at Joey VZ underscore. Follow him on Twitter. Um, he's actually uh, he's covering uh, Mizzou athletics right now, but um, he's also you know obviously doing some other reporting here at the uh, at the combine. So Wisconsin Zone asking the asking the big questions there. So shout out to Joey. That's awesome, man. Good stuff there. Let's see where Elijah Jones sits on the big board. I just want to know because I haven't heard much. Of, have you heard much about him, Jacob, at all? Um, not a ton, but I think he had a decent combine. If I'm not mistaken, if you if you if you had those numbers, pull them up. If not, I'm gonna go to him on the consensus big board and just kind of see where he sits. I'm pretty sure he's low on the board, but I could be wrong. Um, Elijah Jones, Elijah Jones, two seventy nine. Oh yeah, he ran a four four five. And here's the thing: he peaked at one fifty one. He's sitting at two seventy nine now that he's solidified that forty yard dash. Think back to what Daniel Jeremiah, longtime scout, said. Speed is the most important thing when it comes to corners because they got to be able to match speed with the wide receiver as opposed to the wide receiver speed, you being able to control the DBs as you run. Um, Do we have a split on him? What was his split? Because that's important too for a DB. Yeah. You you know, when you're you're talking about, say, you're playing maybe five yards off, the guy's running right at you. How quickly can you accelerate? Yeah, let me look real quick. Uh, you guys talk for a second. I'll pull that up, Tim. I'd like to know that too. I just feel like that's kind of like a you know something that would tell us something as far as metrics go with a DB because you can be you can be super fast all day, but if you can't if it takes you you know ten yards to get up to speed, you're cooked already. You know, so mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things they're looking at. Um, it's an important thing for for wideouts and for DBs. I think is that that split time. Yeah, definitely. 
Let's see here. I think we've got it pulled up. Cornerbacks. Let's go. A stand 40 okay. maybe maybe beat you. Okay. Is it one one point five eight? One point five eight. There we go. Stuff. Appreciate so under two it. seconds. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I'm gonna um I'm gonna scroll down here and find him just so we can kind of look at all of his numbers real quick. Um, let's see here. Is he even listed? It's weird, man. Some of these guys aren't even listed on here. That's um, interesting. Yeah, Elijah Jones. Love the, love the cap, too. Nice. Um, 4.44, like you said, right, in the 40. Let's see what his uh, others look like. You guys just got the 10-yard 10, the 10 split, right? So let's go to vertical real quick. <laughs> oh, by the way, he just led the entire combine with a 42-and-a-half-inch vertical. Dang. That's huge. Go there. Take it. <laughs> broad jump, he was fourth in the broad jump at 10 foot 11 inches. All right, so there's that. Uh, three cone, Let's see if he ran the three cone. Three cone will, will tell a lot here. I expect that to drop a touch. Not everybody ran the three cone, did they? So there's only, yeah, there's only a handful of guys that ran it. So he's not on that list. Um, uh oh, 9.6 RAS. Heck yeah, dude. That's uh oh, about. that's Let's it. See. Goody's taking him. I was gonna say, <laughs> it just seems too perfect. Good really filling out the card right now. Um, if there was a guy, here's a guy. Here's a guy. If there was a guy that Halfley in this draft said, "Hey, you know, I kind of like this guy, Coastal in college." That's probably the dude. You're talking about someone who might be outside of the top 100, right? Um, just something to keep an eye on. But I like his answer. It was more about trying to gather information about Jeff Halfley than it was how good is Elijah Jones, but. And what did we get? What did we get for info on that? He said, I'm the smartest DB in this draft because Mm -hmm. of Jeff Halfley, you know, so physical attributes aside, you got a kid with his head screwed on straight and understands his responsibilities back there. So yeah, could be, could be someone to put on the radar here. Draft him. Yeah. Let's see. uh, I don't think we've talked about him on the consensus big board yet. Right. So let's see if we can find Elijah Jones. How far down is he? They've got him in the 5.9 range. So obviously much, much lower, but they've also got, they've also got Melton down there. They got a Cam Hart down there. Uh, 33rd team, man. Uh, You know, like I said, it's comprised of a whole bunch of former executives, coaches, and players, and their boards always look much different than, uh, your basic uh, Mel Coppers and, and people like that. And that's why I, I really like to – I like to use it as a, a back reference. I know when Emilio's here for the draft, I'm going to have a printed copy of the horizontal board for the 33rd team so he can use to kind of track it for me while I track with my board and, and some of the other stuff too. The the live draft show is going to be a lot of fun this year, guys. We're going to have a blast with this. So, um, all right. Is there anything else you want to see, any specific positions – Jacob, you'd like to see as far as the 33rd team and their horizontal board here. I can, uh, we can kind of scroll through. We can isolate. If you want to just, if you want me to check some of these off and we could just focus on a handful of positions, we can do that too. I really like the way the board looks overall. Um, so you can kind of see how things fall into place. But I, because keep in mind, this board was created before the combine, it'll probably change. It'll probably shift. Right. And when it does, um, you know, you want a mental note of what it looked like, but I think it's cool to look at it before it changes and know who did well in the combine now. But anybody, Jacob? Um, I just want to highlight, I guess, a guy that I, for whatever reason, he jumped off the screen to me when I was watching the combine, that Makai Wingo from LSU. And I guess I didn't realize that uh, the 33rd team had him ranked the fourth overall D tackle. So that makes me feel Mm kind of cool. 
Because I, I was watching, he looked he looked like kind of like Aaron Donald ish. Like he was very quick, he was very concise. His footwork was dynamic. He looked like he has a lot of power for his body size. So yeah, I was kind of I wouldn't be um, mad at all if the Packers took a little bit of a maybe like a third round pick on that dude. Yeah, yeah, they they've got him ranked thirty ninth overall, third best uh, defensive tackle. It looks like is how they've got him ranked right there. Six point six grade on him tim you got anybody you'd like to see here on this horizontal board see where they line up at man um not specifically um but i'm glad jacob brought that up up can we look at just the d-line group yeah absolutely so if we focus on just the defensive tackles here you've got uh jerzon newton is their top defensive lineman keep in mind he's a 6.7 so they don't have any defensive linemen's interior defensive linemen they don't have any of those in the top three tiers of talent okay so they got them in the 6.7 range which means strong starter right 6.7 to 6.9 is a is a strong starter but they still want to separate them in tiers here this what when you hear me talk about the top available tier this is how nfl teams build their draft board Okay, that's why I love the 33rd team. You'll see people, they build it different. They build their horizontal boards different. And you'll hear people say, that's a first-round talent. Notice on their grading scale, nowhere does it say first-round talent. Nowhere does it say second-round talent. Because it doesn't matter what round you're drafted in. Exactly. It it matters what caliber of player you are. Right. That's that's the way they look at it. And uh, and I'll tell you what determines whether you're a first-round or a second-round talent. Are you in the top 32 or not? That's the way they look at it because – you know, that's the, you compare You get, you know, you, you got to compare apples to apples in that regard. So uh, with the defensive linemen, they've got Jerzon Newton, uh, then Byron Murphy. They've got Tavondre Sweat. Those are your top three. They're all in the 6.7 range. Then it drops down to Wingo. The guy Jacob was just talking about, he's in the 6.6 range. Then we go down to 6.5. You got Darius Robinson out of Missouri. You got Leonard Taylor. You got Hora Ora. You've got uh, Chris Jenkins in the 6.5 range. Now it drops off a little bit. So you then go we got nobody. 6.4, nobody. 6.3, nobody. Far so guys, we got we to gotta take a defensive tackle here in the second or third round then, right? Uh, I mean, well, if, if you completely agree with the 33rd team, yeah. And, again, we'll see if this shifts after the combine because, you know, these, these uh, former execs, former coaches, they, they do take the combine serious. Um, obviously the uh, Fisk one cracks me up, Jacob. Yeah. 6.2, right? 6.2. I have him much higher than that. Like if you were to pull up my board, if I were to take a quick glance, I'm trying to remember exactly where I had him, but uh, I think I had him, maybe I had him around the same range. I had him at 88th in the 88th spot. But what's cool about Fisk is in 2022, his PFF ranking was 23rd in 2022. It dropped to 163 in, uh, in 2023 so that's one of those players that you can kind of see i mean wasn't horrible across the board but again um where do they have him ranked overall i'd like to know is it like in the 100s 106 before the combine so he you talk about a player that helped himself for the combine man holy cow so yeah if you (laughs) if you were to just key in on the 33rd team you're exactly right tim there's going to be a big drop off after that 6.5 range there. So, so, so do um, we do another mock and we trade up instead of back this time? Oh, <laughs> Lord have mercy. You guys are going to try to get me on here for two hours today. And I'm going to get. Uh, no. 
<laughs> we promised these dogs a pup cup today. Now, so. here's a guy. <laughs> Ed over here sleeping on the job, girl. What are you doing? Nobody checking their mail? She's over. She's snoring. Can you hear her snoring? She's snoring right now. I love it. Got it made over there. Yeah. These dogs are spooled rotten, dude. Um, all right. What other position, guys? What else we want to look at here? Safety. Let's talk about safety for just a second. Look how it drops off. Nobody in the top three tiers. Then you got Newbin and Kinchins, right? Which is a strong starter. Um, that's that's that range we're talking about. Early second, right? Probably early second round for both those guys. Now Kinchin may drop. We'll see what happens to the board. Then you go, <coughs> excuse me, two more tiers without a safety, and then you get into another cluster here at six point four. You got Bishop out of Utah. You got Hicks out of Washington State. I believe that is uh, a lot of Poe out of Oregon State. There's your boy Javon Bullard in that range there, Jacob, um, in the 6.4 range out of Georgia. You got Mustafa out of Wake Forest, Simpson out of Auburn, and uh, Caden Bullock out of USC. And then it <laughs> skips a whole another tier, and then you get to Smith and Vaki in the 6.2 range. So kind of interesting to see how all that. There's Bo Bray. Many people keep talking about Bo Bray. They have a 5.8 on Oof. Bo Bray. Yeah, that, that feels a lot like our boy Jeremiah Trotter Jr., right? Like, like, what's he doing down there that low, right? Which, let's see what range Trotter Jr. is actually in here. I'm trying to remember. So, right, right here. Yeah, right here. So, yeah. So, you see, he's uh, he's just one tier ahead of where they've got Bo Braid, Trotter they Jr. they in that same tier, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. The 33rd team looks at things way different than everyone else, man. Um, Edrin Cooper wasn't as high on my board, I don't believe. If I remember correctly, let me see if I can find him real quick. You guys continue talking here. Uh, Is there a way yeah. you can scroll? I want to see who their top linebackers are. I wasn't even looking. Mm -hmm. uh, can you scroll up a little bit when you get a second, Clinton? Yeah, so before before everything gets adjusted on mine, um, the first wave of qualifications, I have Edger and Cooper in the 87 spot. So just to kind of put that in perspective. So, um, all right, would you say scroll up? Yeah, if yeah. you could. Wow, there's a big gap. Yeah, no doubt. Big, uh, big yeah. Keep going up. I want to see what they who they have as their top. Dang. Okay. So top what? They got Junior Colson, Cedric yeah. Gray, and then Peyton Wilson as their top guys. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. That's what I was talking about. Junior Colson. I had him when I when I sat down and kind of ranked our linebacker group. I had Jeremiah Trotter Jr. one, Junior Colson two, Edron Cooper three. Right. We look at the thirty third team and go, okay, of those three, they like. Colson is their best linebacker. That's why I'm like, Colson may be the dude. Don't be surprised if Colson ends up being that linebacker in this draft. Um, let's see where they have Peyton. Uh, well, they got Peyton Wilson right there. Don't say, okay, yeah. So he's at 6.6. Um, so he may he may leapfrog Colson until Colson does his four, does his uh, his uh, pro day. Right. We'll see how that shakes out there. But you see, as far as like the edge defenders, they're pretty spot on with how the numbers dropped as far as the combine. You know. Turner had a good combine. I'm pretty sure Leitu did as well. Chop Robinson, obviously, was just scorching fast. Verse had a good combine. You kind of see they've got those guys in a pretty good spot at the edge position. Trying to see if there's any of them that stood out to me like, whoa, they've got them way lower than I expected. There really isn't, though. Um, edge, they pretty much got locked in there. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, now, there's some guys. <laughs> now, let's, let's look at quarterback. Quarterback is going to drive. This draft, right? We talk about that. We want as many quarterbacks off the board. And some people are going, why were y'all talking about wide receivers? We want as many wide receivers off the freaking board as possible. When Xavier uh, Worthy, is that his name? When he ran that 40-yard dash, I'm over here going, yes. 
skyrocket. Throw him. Lad McConkey too had a pretty good one, if I remember correct. Right, Leggett. I think yeah. had. I think he finished with a nine RAS. Get those guys off the board before the Packers pick, man. You know what I mean? That's what I want to see happen. But when it comes to quarterbacks, they got Caleb Williams at the top of the heap, seven plus. Um, then you skip a tier, and then they got Drake May. Then you skip a tier, you got Jaden Daniels, and then you go down three tiers. You got Penix Jr. and JJ McCarthy, um, and then they got Milton at six point three. Then Bo Nix and Spencer Rattler. So um, Jordan Travis, they're not high on him at all at a 5.9. In spite of Sam Hartman's beautiful hair, they've got a 5.8 on him. So <laughs> we don't think very highly of him, which I, I make jokes about it. I don't think he's going to be a great pro quarterback either, to be honest with you. He, he might be a serviceable backup. He's got a lot of experience, kind of like um, Sean Clifford did, you know, coming out of college. But when you look at running backs, who – who was the guy that I, you guys heard me say last night? I said there was a running back that leapfrogged Blake Corum for the number one spot now on my board, right? It was Trey Benson. But Trey Benson, after that uh, awesome showing there at the combine last night, he is now the number one uh, running back on my board. Now, him and uh, and Blake Corum are still in the same tier, I believe, but close to it. But um, it's kind of that 1A, 1B type scenario. But look where the 33rd team has him. They have the first running back coming in at tier one, two, three, four, five, six, right, at a 6.5. Trey Benson's their best running back. Then they've got SMA. SMA ended up – I think he ended up having a pretty good pro day, didn't he? Am I thinking right? I know he ran slow. He ran a 4.72, which – Right. But his uh, – his, I think his overall grade – did he finish in the eights? Am I thinking right, Jacob? Is that what it was? Um, I want to say that sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, I think – I think block. every – <laughs> I think everything else finished pretty strong, but they've actually got Benson and Estime slightly ahead of Jonathan Brooks. Um, where do they have Gerardo or Grendo or whatever that guy's name was? Yeah, let's see where he's at real quick. There's Bucky Irvin. Well, let me read them off real quick so everybody on the pod knows. You got Trey Benson one, Estime two, Jonathan Brooks three, uh, Will Shipley four, Blake Corum five. They're all in the six point five tier. Okay, then you got to skip a tier. You get down to six point three. You got Bucky Irvin, and then you uh, you go down to six point two. You've got a huge cluster of guys here. You got Johnson from Washington, Braylon Allen from Wisconsin, Jordan from Louisville, uh, Lloyd, Marshawn Lloyd from USC, Jalen Wright uh, from uh, Tennessee. You've got Schrader from Missouri. Uh, McClellan from Alabama, Milton from Georgia, Tracy Jr. from Purdue, uh, Steele from UCLA, Small from Tennessee, couple couple uh, running backs from Tennessee in the same tier there. Edwards from Georgia, Rasheen Ali um, from uh, is that Marshall? Yeah. And then you got to skip down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They don't even have them on the board right now. Now listen, they may not have everyone graded yet either. For the most part, I think they've got a – I'm trying to remember exactly how many players they've got graded because I had it listed the other day. They've graded a bunch, obviously. But there's still a few more that's going to pop on this board um, before draft before the draft gets here. This is early stages. I just want people to get familiar with what a real pro front office horizontal board actually looks like and not some of this stuff that these guys put together on the internet claiming that they're draft gurus. This is what the horizontal boards actually look like in the NFL. So – any other positions y'all want to see here before we uh, back out of it? Nah. No? Nah. Good? Good. You see where the tight ends top heavy we talked about? 6.8, Brock Bowers, and then Jatavian Sanders, a 6.7. Theo Johnson probably helped himself. He might jump a tier, right, oh, yeah. into the 6.6 range. But you got uh, Theo Johnson, you got Wiley from TCU, Stover from Ohio State, and Holker from Colorado State. Then it drops way off until you get down there to uh, – 
Westover spanned Ford and McLaughlin in the 5.9 range. You got a cluster of guys at 5.8. Look, they got Johnny Wilson as a tight end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Former former executives, former coaches look at Johnny Wilson and go, if he's going to be in the league, he's going to be a tight end. Um, now, that could change, right? Maybe they were convinced at the combine that, you know, that could be different, but we'll see how that he all shakes block. out. He can block. Exactly right, Emilio. I love how Emilio dominates the show, even though he isn't here. I absolutely love it, man. Oh, man. I hope he's all right, man. He might have got too wild on the town last night down there in Maryville, man. You never know about that guy. So. He's in jail with a new suit. <laughs> he's, in yeah, he's in jail, but he's looking good. He woke up and that pinky was like, oh. Hey, there it is. I saved you, Jacob. Look at that comment. Saved you. Number one Packer fan said, thoughts on Cooper DeGene, possible Micah Hyde type guy, question mark. Um, I've never been crazy high on Cooper DeGene. One of the reasons I'll tell you why. Uh, let me let me see where he's at on my board here. I know I had him uh, I had him graded out and he was like around the top fifty, I believe. Let me find him. Maybe he was. Well, a little he doesn't mean Micah Hyde type guy in the sense that we draft him and then trade him. <laughs> you, better, you better stop it. You better stop it right now. Um, gosh, man, I'm having a hard time locating this font. It's so so low here on mine. How do you feel? How do you guys? Let's go around a horn there. How do y'all feel about Cooper DeGene right off the bat? I'll try to find him on my board here real quick. Uh, I liked him a lot right away. Um, I mocked him to us in pretty much every single draft I did. It's just that once I put on the tape and once I actually started, you know, looking at the PFF grade and looking at what the other guys can do, it's not that I wouldn't be okay with drafting him. I would be happy, but I just think that for where he's getting drafted, there's better prospects. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. You know, I'm not like super high on him, but I'm also not like low on him. I'm kind of just. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't be bummed if he ended up being a Packer, but I don't I don't think he's a guy that, you know, I, I think a lot of people really have their sights set on him. Mm-hmm. And I just I don't see it that way. Either. Yeah. So when you look at the cornerback room, according to the 33rd team, they got Kool-Aid McKinstry one, Nate Wiggins two, Rake Straw three, Quinyon Mitchell fourth. Then it goes down a tier. Uh, well, let's see. I'm sorry. 6.8 tier is only Kool-Aid McKinstry and Nate Wiggins. And then the 6.7 tier, they had Rake Straw and Mitchell. And then you go down to 6.6. You got Arnold Terry and Arnold out of Alabama, and there's Cooper DeGene. So they have a yeah. 6.6 on him. So they have him as the one, two, three, four, five, sixth best corner. Yeah, ranked six. And his rake draws a guy I'll I'll target. There's a guy that I'll, <laughs> that I'll target. Does he not look like he was on an episode of Leave It the Beaver, man? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, it's hilarious, man, that he's because because he's kind of known as an, an aggressive player, you know, and this and that. You look at him, it's like, yeah, this dude looks like a CPA. What the hell's going on here? Like, like, like Wally. Hey, Wally. <laughs> Wally. All right. So uh, on my board, Cooper DeGene is actually sitting in the number 29 spot. Now, in 2022, 11th in PFF grade. In 2023, 151st amongst corners. So, like, guys, he – he he did not play good last year. Some people were saying he was battling injuries, this, that, and the other. Um, Daniel Jeremiah has him as number 29 on his big board. So the same exact spot that I have him, Daniel Jeremiah has him in. And then, of course, the 33rd team, I think they had him at 33 or 32. So, uh, yeah, he's grading out right now as the 29th best player on my board right now. So a little bit higher than I thought I had him. Um, I just – every time we've done a mock draft, he's never like the best player available for me. I'm always like – like this guy a little better. At least the board says so, not not me personally. But yeah. 
So uh, there you go on Cooper. Now, as far as him playing safety, if he can play safety, great. You know, that maybe that is the answer to safety. I know PFF has mocked him to the Packers several times. So he's one of those names that keeps getting mentioned. Now, what's he, one of the other recent qualifiers we've seen here lately? Jaden Reed last year obviously had a bad year. And then you go back two years, and that was a dominant year. That's kind of what you see with Cooper DeGene. So that lines up with a little bit of the most most recent draft. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. But Prince in the chat says, Clark, Wooden, and Brooks better fit for new interior defensive line positions than Slayton and Ford. <laughs> I think so. Um, you know, Slayton and Ford are those kind of those traditional 34, uh, 34 nose tackles, right? 34, uh, a 3-4 defensive nose tackle. Us switching to a 4-3, whether you're in an under or an over, um, in a 4-3 under or over. And let me explain real quick. Some people may be new. In a 4-3, right, in a 4-3 base, you're just kind of evenly split, your defense, your four defensive linemen. If you're in an over, you're shaded to the strong side. You're over the strong side, okay? That's the way to, to remember it, which means you're going to have – a defensive lineman that's going to be kicked out a little bit wider on the tight end side. Okay. That's how they play that sometimes. And if you're playing an under, they're going to be shifted. Those two interior defensive linemen are going to be shifted to the weak side. They're going to be under the strong side, right? So they're under the strong side. Um, typically when you go to an under look, the Sam, the strong side backer. And when we say strong side, we're talking about the tight end side of the formation. The Sam will come down and kind of fit on that defensive line sometimes, right? So you'll have a five-man front, right, which is essentially what you had before with your 34 jam, right? You had three big boy interior defensive linemen playing at 34 jam, and you had your two nine techs, right, your wide nines. In a 34 under with the Sam on the line of scrimmage, you've essentially got a five-man front. The only difference is that Sam is the guy setting the edge. Who's going to be your Sam? Is it going to be Quay? Is it going to be Devondre Campbell? Is it going to be Isaiah McDuffie? I think Quay is probably a little better fit for the Sam than Devondre Campbell. Yep. You also seen the Packers like to play uh, Quay Walker at Mock. So when you talk about Sam, Mock, and Will in the 4-3 defense, the it's, it's just an easy way, a one-word, one-syllable word to identify each linebacker okay your middle linebacker is referred to as the mock okay some people call him the mo some people call him max it's just it's going to be an m word attached 90 percent of the league refers to it as the mock okay the sam is the strong side backer the backer that plays on the strong side of the formation which is typically the side that the tight end is on okay the will is the weak side linebacker weak equals will which is going to be on the opposite of the tight end side or the strong side of the formation all right, so that's how that's going to play. Now, you'll hear Spur mentioned, okay? This gets mentioned a, a little more in college than it does the pros, but the Spur is the safety that comes into the box and plays in the rum fit, okay? So you'll have – sometimes you'll have a 4-3 a over where your guys will be playing over the def- the tight end side, so your defensive line is going to be shading. They're going to be cheating to the strong side, and the wheel will come up on the line of scrimmage, making it a five-man look. And you'll have the safety drop into the box because when that wheel drops in, now the Sam and the mock have to rotate over. And the reason you don't want to spend too much time talking about this is because we're going to be in nickel a yep. large majority of the time. So this is only going to be against base 
offenses, which is going to be 21 personnel if you're playing like a San Francisco, 12 personnel if you're playing like Sean McVay's offense or our offense, right? So when they show a 12 and a 21 look, most of the time you're going to be in your 4-3 base. Other than that, you're going to be in a nickel. Guess what our nickel is? <clears throat> the same exact thing that we ran under Joe Barry. The only difference is instead of the outside linebackers being outside linebackers, now they're called defensive ends. And at Boston College, he had those guys standing up on third downs a, a good chunk of the time. So it's not like they're just going to, by default, put their hand in the dirt. So we were referring to a nickel two four five. Now on the depth chart, people like Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith most likely will be now just defensive ends on the depth chart. It's the same exact defense. It's just now we're calling it a nickel four two five as opposed to a nickel two four five. Silly, I know, but that's what that's why Matt Lafleur about said a bad word. Slapped around the media last year and said, "You guys do know that our outside linebackers are." the size of defense. Oh, I love that press conference. Whew. That was where Tupac LaFleur was born right there. <laughs> Tupac LaFleur. Tupac LaFleur and Gangster Goody. I love it. All right. Um, <laughs> so let's go around the horn one more one more time here, gang. Anything else you guys want to hit? And thank you, Prince. That was a good question, man. Good question there for sure. Um, I, to answer your question, I think I think Slayton will probably still – there's a good chance he'll still be on the roster. If there is one defensive lineman I would cut out of there, it would be Slayton because uh, the, the one thing that is in the back of my mind with that question, Prince, is Carl Brooks played a ton of defensive end and he played it well in college. So there's a chance he can kick out the defensive end, right? And if that's the case, now you're getting – somebody said the other day, uh, play, uh, play Preston Smith at Sam, and I'm going – you, you guys complained the whole year about him being in coverage, and now all of a sudden you want him playing. Like, no, I want to see Quay man. there. Man. I want to see Quay there. Sam, I, Sam for the will. I really do think he's built for Sam, but the problem is can Devondre Campbell handle the mic, right? That's the thing. Or can Zay McDuffie handle the mic? See, that's, or, a, that's a guy. There's a guy. That, or uh, can Junior <laughs> Colson handle the mic? Yep. I'm just saying. Get, right. get, a, get a rookie linebacker in here, man. We got another good one here from Packer. Uh, the notorious GUD. <laughs> that, that might be better than Gangster Goop. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Because Cock and Biggie, uh, you know, Pock and Biggie just go so well together, right? Like, you, you got to, yeah, that would be perfect. <laughs> that would be perfect. We're making a shirt, guys. So get ready. It's, get ready. It's coming. We'll probably get sued. But that's oh, fine. No, we can't. I'm trademarking uh, Tupac Lafleur right there. That's look at that's, this. That's me. I mentioned we'll probably get sued, and look what happened. She left. She's like, she I'm out of here. <laughs> no more dog food at this house. I'm gone. See you. So, there you go. Love it. Thanks, Edda. You're a ride or die. So, all right, round the horn here, real quick. We're at the hour mark. Uh, anything else you want to add, Jacob? Any other thing in your any anything else in your notes you want to hit on, man? Uh, no, we'll wrap up here. Um, it'll be fun to see the offensive linemen. Honestly, I'm sick of the combine. I'm, I'm ready to get into the draft talk now and, and move to the next phase. Um, it was fun while it lasted. It was cool, though, real quick, just to see uh, all in once. Uh, it's like my childhood. I didn't realize how old I am. We saw Jerry Rice's kid. We saw Frank Gore's kid. We saw Jamera Trotter's kid. Saw McCaffrey's little brother. It's just kind of weird how it feels like you know, 20 years went by like that in my little kid brain. It's like, oh, 
all of a sudden you're old and you yep. die. We're Damn all man. dying. Everything's going to die. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, can... yeah. For me, it was uh, when I realized the oldest player in the NFL is still younger than me. That's I know. I oh, that's when I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh man, it's tough, man. It's tough getting old. I, I'll tell you, I have these moments now, not to get too heavy, but I have these moments where I look up and go, oh, yeah, so and so. And I'm going, yeah, he's gone. You know, <laughs> just in your personal life, it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Passed away like six years ago. It's just, Telling you, man, some people are listening to this and they're in their early 20s going, Oh, he's that guy. I was, I was where you were going, yep. Oh, these people, these old people, man. You'll be that guy soon. Don't worry. <laughs> and I'm telling you, my boss is slow the hell down. Enjoy yeah. family, enjoy friends, man. That's right. It, it goes quick, boys. I'm telling you, it goes quick. But well, that being said, we're going to get out of here, Tim. You got anything else, Bob? Nope, just that. There you go, Jacob. Take that with you for breakfast, bro. Enjoy that. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, uh, the parting advice we give everyone, too. Wash your hands. Wash your butt, man. That's it. That's, that's all. All right. There you go. So we appreciate everybody hanging out with us this morning. The, the chat was absolutely lit up. Good questions. Good conversation. We'll be back tonight. I believe you guys are available. Y'all available tonight? You want to get on here and talk a little ball? We'll have the offensive lineman measurables. That'll be huge. That's going to shift some stuff around too. Yep. Like Jacob said, we'll uh, then we'll start to kind of forge ahead into free agency, right? And uh, and then as soon as free agency kind of starts to cool off, guess what? We'll be staring down the draft. So um, we want ideas for the draft party too, guys. Um, as we put together our live draft stream, any ideas you guys, guys and gals have out there, we'll uh, we'll take into consideration anything, any kind of format y'all want, that type of thing. Obviously, we got copyright, uh, you know, uh, guidelines we got to follow, but we will have um, we I'll tell you what this won't be many, many draft podcasts and stuff. They're like, don't tip the picks. Don't tip the picks. We're going to tip the hell out of the picks. The second we have the information, you're going to have it here. That's the way that's going to work. I never understood that trying to control like this big buildup. It's like, you think these people aren't looking on their phone anyway? What are we doing? You know, what are we doing? I've watched so many, so many draft parties do that. And it just drives me insane. So we will have the picks up in real time and guys on here, people in the chat, you'll be free to the second you get the pick, throw it in the chat. If you lie more than twice trying to get attention, you're going to get the old, you'll get one of these right here. If you're in here trying to act cute, throwing oh, us off on the real side. <laughs> Roadhouse. Just keep that in mind too. All right. But uh yeah, with that being said, it'll be a lot of fun though. Send us some uh send us some ideas. Text us uh Packers Total Access at Gmail. Or I'm sorry, email us Packers Total Access at gmail.com. Text us 865-658-5824. And we'll throw some ideas into consideration. But it should be a good time, man. It's just gonna be a live, just hang out just like we're doing here. Um, we'll be doing some goofy stuff, having fun, laughing a lot, but we'll also be getting the draft in real time. So it'd be good. So we will see you guys tonight. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back, go.